Welcome into episode three of the Holt Naylor Show. Got a big day ahead. ESPN personality Stanford Steve is joining us in just a few minutes. We hope you enjoy the show, but if not, as always. Holt Naylor turns, and Holt will take off and run himself. He's at the 40-yard line. Holt Naylor's to the 30. What can he do? 20, 10, 5, touchdown Pirates. There's local politics, bud. It's showtime! And we are back, episode three, boys. Time flies when you're having fun, man. Let's uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, wild wild weekend in sports, obviously, with a divisional round. And B drops 70. Two top 10 basketball teams fall in college basketball. What are your top storylines of the weekend? Oh, uh, you you said it, Embiid dropped 70, but we forget Towns dropped 62. And his coach was mad. I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a great week of sports. Like, college basketball, I was in de- like sitting on the couch watching that all Saturday. And then NFL was amazing. But if I had to call out a couple of games, um, you know, Texas Tech coming back from 14 down at home, that was a big one I thought really caught my eye. Pitt shutting out. I mean, shutting out. Pitt beating Duke at home at Cameron. First pit win against Duke since 1979. Dang, I didn't realize that. I know. And then Kansas fell, too. Kansas fell against West Virginia. West Virginia shot 57% from the three. It's hard to beat a team when they shoot that deep. (laughs) But the biggest story I liked of the week was uh, Caitlin Clark getting hit. Flop. She came back and said like the the wind got knocked out of her. But I I did see like the video where she kind of extended the arms, but... I think the biggest call out from there and why I said it was the story of the week was when I was you know, watching that. I watched that game. I thought it was a great game. I love watching the GOAT of women's basketball, full transparency. But it's re-sparked the conversation, should court storming be banned in college basketball? Negative. I was just curious what you guys thought yeah, about that. Yeah, no. It's electric. Part of the environment of college sports. So it makes it fun, man. I mean, I yeah. think, shoot, if ECU beats a top 10 team, I'm storming the court. We stormed one couple yeah. years ago, and I don't even know who we beat. <laughs> no, I agree with you. The biggest thing there was Matt Painter, Duke, uh, not Duke, Purdue's head basketball coach. Yep. You know, they just lost two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago now to Nebraska, and they, they Nebraska stormed the court at Lincoln. And his biggest call was my freshmen, sophomore, and juniors have never lost a road game that wasn't stormed, which is pretty impressive. That's pretty cool. But he said, he's like, I'm all for the, the court storming. Kids should have fun. But you got to watch out for the player's safety. Because that game against Nebraska, you know, the, the students came. He's basically saying and restarting the conversation on, why are these schools not prepared? They know if it's a couple minutes, maybe, a, maybe 30 seconds. You know college basketball, yeah. all the timeouts. You know, why aren't they prepared uh, to protect But what do you it? do? I mean, I, yeah, that's my question. How, like, what goes into keeping players safe when there's hundreds and, or thousands of people running on a court at one time, you know? I don't know. Oh, so you just, you just had the, I wanted to have the answer. No, I agree with you guys. I, I kind of see it from both lens. I think we protect the players. Like, I, the Caitlin Clark thing was like, did I think she flopped a little bit? Yes. Yeah. But it is tough when you lose a game, you immediately get hit. So. Oh, I agree. Jack, what was your uh, your story of the week? Yeah, weekend? big weekend. Uh, definitely was glued into the TV. But just kind of with college football ending, NFL coming down, uh, my story would for sure just be kind of the heating up of Harbaugh to the Chargers. Um, also this week I saw that there's rumors that Pete Carroll might be trying to get that job. Um, so I think either of those would kind of be cool to see. Definitely a shakeup. So just kind of looking forward to that news being finalized. Harbaugh, definitely. I think I called it episode one that that's where he was going. I think I'm pretty sure I did. Um, 
I, he's definitely leaving Michigan. I mean, I think all Michigan stopped with all the allegation stuff because midseason, because I feel like he just told him like, let's go win a national championship. I'll leave after the year. So wouldn't right. surprise me if he gets a job. Um, Belichick, I keep seeing things with him going to the Falcons. Yeah, I don't know. As an older guy, man, I don't know if that Falcons team. I mean, they 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 play in a bad division, but like, I don't know if that's a team you want to go to when you're 72 years old as a head coach. In my opinion. I thought they had a good defense this year. I think they're one piece away. Yeah, I thought they were one piece. Quarterback. 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 Which is hard, but. Yeah. I know I said quarterback 30 seconds after everyone else, but I also <laughs> thought quarterback there. I think it's a good city. Atlanta's a good city. They The fan base is shaky, but I think it's a good city to be in. I think they have a good defense. The quarterback is Bijan. But if you're, yeah, a 70, Bijan, yeah. if you're a 72-year-old head coach, you're going you're gonna to say, what, is he going to coach five years? He'll be on a five-year contract. Do you think they're going to win a Super Bowl in five years? I don't. Their division's easy to win. I'm talking about the league. I'm not talking about the division. It. I think people get lucky in the playoffs. You saw Tampa Bay did. They better find a quarterback quick. They're I did see Eagles. Kirk Cousins <laughs> um, said that he would be interested in playing for him. So that would be – I think Kirk Cousins is very underrated um, if he's oh. healthy. So that would be pretty cool. I mean, obviously, Belichick can go get a quarterback. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't bet on that while accepting a job unless you already have a deal with – you know, cousins or someone in place. Yeah, if you're old, you want to win now. Yeah, there's no reason to go do a rebuild when you're. I mean, he already, especially when already, he has a legacy on the line yeah. too. I mean, he's viewed by many as the best coach of all time. But if you go there and don't play well, especially after these last few seasons without Brady and um, New England, then I mean, I don't know. I think it's a little ballsy. Right. So, so what what is the update on the Belichick thing? Did I miss that? He's he's interviewed twice with the Falcons, and it's, they're starting to get more heat around it. I like that. Where, I, yeah. I was sad. Just, I thought he was done. I, I know he did the interview, but it's like Saban leave, then Belichick leaves. I want one of them. Obviously, Saban's done, but Belichick to stay. Yeah. I mean, one I, of the I think he's coming for that record. He's 15 wins away yeah. from Don Shula's all-time wins oh, record. No point quit now. I think yeah, that's coming. too. He's definitely coming back, in my opinion. It just depends where, I guess. No, oh, he's going to come back. He's going to go to Atlanta. I'm going to be a Falcons fan next year now. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, this weekend, what was your storyline? Uh, yeah, I thought the craziest thing, um, you know, Josh Allen just cannot beat Mahomes in, in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, so, like, I'm going to ask the quarterbacks, like, how much of that do y'all really think is Josh Allen's fault? I mean, Stephon Diggs had a big drop on a 65-yard bomb. Um, his kicker missed a field goal, but the storyline is always Josh Allen can't beat Mahomes. How much do y'all think? It's like, Hold on, before you answer fault. that, I had one thing to say about Josh Allen. Have you seen the dude's arm? Like, I watch him every week, but that dude probably throws the ball farther than any other quarterback. The throw to Stephon Diggs was absurd. If you would called that, it would have been the best throw of the year. It was a moonshot. Yeah. Like, that was so impressive. I was watching that. I, I think I rewinded that three times. Like, holy cow. He reared back, and that ball looked like a missile, and the yeah. arc it had was amazing. You know who he reminds me of in their prime is you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about me is I could not throw a ball. So definitely not you were a quarterback. No, I had a small arm. Like, uh, what's his name? Pendleton from Marshall? You know uh, Pennington? Pennington, yeah, yeah, Chad Pennington. <laughs> One thing about Chad Pennington was like in his prime, he could only throw the ball like 55 yards. Yeah, his son actually was named a freshman All-American. Fun fact. Was uh, he really? Yeah, it came out like yesterday. I saw something, so. Dang. Anyways, back to Drew's question. Yeah, Drew, um, I think in the end, in the grand scheme of things, it's going to be compared Mahomes-Allen, and Josh Allen keeps losing to Mahomes. He's eventually going to have to beat him, or else he's always going to be viewed under him, which Mahomes is on a different category right now. I mean, he's chasing after Tom Brady for best of all time, in my yeah. opinion. Um but I mean, yeah, Mahomes hasn't, as a starting quarterback, hasn't made, hasn't lost in a divisional round yet. He always makes it to the you know final four and most of the time the Super Bowl. So uh, eventually, Allen's going to have to beat him, or else that conversation is going to kind of be done with, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's really the quarterbacks. I always think the team thing. Obviously, the, it is. the quarterback has a storyline. Yes, but but looking back now, when you compare Brady and Peyton, what do you compare when they went head-to-head? Oh, the Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah exactly. Everyone, I so, think everyone compares that. I agree. But, like, I don't think Josh Allen lost a game. He didn't. No, I'm not saying this game, but I'm saying when you compare them in the long run, it's going to be whoever uh-huh. won those matchups. And Josh Allen's winning zero of the meaningful matchups. Between I do them. think Patty Mahomes won the game. I'll give you that. I'll take. His kicker ain't missed no field goals, though. Yeah, that's true. But like, you can't like, you can't doubt him. No, yeah. I mean, I'm especially in the. That's playoffs. what I just said. I mean, I think Mahomes. They're building a dynasty there when he's not losing six years in a row in the um, winning the divisional round. I mean, you can't doubt that. And like, you can't sit here and say that Josh Allen's better when he hasn't beat Mahomes. Like at the end of the day, no matter yeah. if Mahomes has Kelsey or whoever he has, Andy Reid, even like maybe Josh Allen doesn't have the pieces. But look at the receivers this year, dude. Josh Allen does have more pieces Compared than to Patty Mahomes, other yeah. than Andy Reid and Kelsey. Like they really don't have much right now. Those receivers are dropping balls left and right. Yeah. So I mean, I think Josh Allen has the better. Gabe Davis, um, Stephon Diggs. I mean, he's got a good team. Khalil right there. Shakir has had a yeah. great year from Boise State. Yeah. Uh, Kincaid, tight end, very very good rookie. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Drew, that's good call out there. I mean, I think that. Do you have any other? You were talking about the Bucks thing. Did you want to bring that up? Yeah, um, I thought another crazy thing. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks head coach just got fired. They're thirteen and three, number two in the East, and their coach gets fired after a win. That just seems kind of crazy to me. There's got to be something behind that. Well, I'll tell you what behind what's behind that, Drew, is the Knicks are on a hot streak right now, and they're in the East. And the GM of the Bucks feels the Knicks coming, and he knows he better figure something out oh, quick. Boy. First step, fire my coach. <laughs> He better figure it out because since the trade, which I will get to in here in a few minutes later in the show, since the trade, the Knicks are nine and two and climbing up the Eastern standing. So yeah, the Bucks better watch out. Please tell me later in the show you don't have a Knicks bet again. You will have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah, wait and again. see. Saddest, saddest news of the week. Tuesday morning it happened. Uh, you guys see a good ten died. Oh, uh, the, uh, the Bulldog. Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, the most decorated UGA of all the. August so far. Is he the one that uh, almost got killed by the the Longhorn at Texas? <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be. It him, was two thousand. Bevo or Bevo? He's eleven yeah. years old, so two thousand thirteen oh, yeah, to fourteen. Yeah. 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 Huh. But he had two national championships, two SEC championships, and seven New Year Six appearances. Big time for Ugga. Y- next young Ugga has a lot to give, live up to. Give your dog a steak for him tonight. Yeah. yeah. Pour yeah. one out RP for Ugga number 10. Yeah. Let's dive into more of a local stance with ECU Athletics. We usually, you know, at some point in starting of our show, we're going to you know, get into them. Men's basketball loses again, um, sitting at 9 and 10, has lost the last three conference games, has two very winnable games this week versus Wichita State, which is usually a very good um, team. It's at Wichita State. They're going to have a good environment. And then we have uh, Temple this Sunday. We better win those because then we have South Florida next week who's sitting at 11 and 5. So um, in the middle of the pack, we, we got to win soon. Yeah, I, I actually went to the game last week uh, versus North Texas. And on the podcast last week, I said there's two winnable big conference games when you're looking at the standings. And I know it's early, but it's never too early to look at that. And that game versus North Texas was was bad like the way it ended and i don't want to overkill it by now because when this comes out i'm sure ecu fans i've heard enough about it but just the ending of it to to let that win slip out of your hands in the last second that definitely hurts and then you go play uab um had a great first half second half hard slope down and now we're sitting below 500 yep so while wichita state is a hard place to play 
and usually a pretty good team in the conference. They're eight and ten. Temple's eight and eleven. Uh, I think those are two games that we have to have. Yeah, I agree. I think that Temple game is a must win. We beat them already. I think we beat them again. I don't want to say like I said in the podcast last week, but like I said last week, uh, you know this conference is tough. It's a tough basketball conference, and every week is a coin flip game. And I think you kind of you know hit it on the head, nail on the head right there. North Texas coin flip. The game. Who do they play after that? UAB. UAB was it? They lost by like eight or nine. Yeah, no, I took them to spread. So shout yeah. out to me for that. But still, like each game is a battle in this conference, and I think you got to win the Temple one. I think Wichita State's a great like game you can build up on. Get some confidence. It's still going to be a good yeah. environment, even though they're sitting at eight and ten. Right? Yeah, they're a good team. Like yeah. they're a good basketball team, but they have hit Wichita State hit like a six seven game skid before. Did they beat South Florida this past weekend? I think it was Who? close. Wichita. I don't know if you guys followed that one. No, they didn't. They covered South the spread. Florida's really good. Yeah, I know they covered the spread, but yeah, I think this is a great momentum uh, to go two straight wins. For yeah. Them. So that's it for ECU basketball. Shift over to baseball. They held media day on Monday. You can find a bunch of that. We're going to dive into that a little bit later. Um, later in the episode, not this episode, but episodes in the future, we have some cool guests coming on. Obviously, the left field segment, which we got a lot of feedback for the idea and the name idea for the left field segment. So keep tagging us at Whole Ailer Show on and we will eventually get a poll together and you guys can decide on the name on that. Um, What's your favorite so far for the recommendations? Um, dude, there's a lot. I've got mine. What What's is yours? Uh, someone commented and said uh, Jungle Fever. Jungle Fever, that's a I good one. I think that's cool. Yeah. I like that one. Someone said Out of Left Field because it's left field. And yeah. It's kind of it's kinda, it's a good idea. So we'll make a poll eventually. There's a bunch of them. Someone can... said the left field segment. Yeah, so let's keep it super nice. simple. Don't overthink it, guys. <laughs> yeah. The left field segment. We're trying to make you guys interactive, and that's what you come up with. <laughs> I, know, I saw that. I was like, "Are you serious?" Um, I like Jungle Fever. Yeah, yeah. Like so we yeah, got. Uh, you know, we'll get some some former ECU baseball players, and we'll get some current ones on closer to the season. Uh, obviously, a lot of excitement around this team with a lot of guys returning. Next football. Um, kind of a rough time of the year for football. It's exciting time for fans, but as a player. You're in winter conditioning right now, and that is as tough as it gets. We have tons of stories on it. Um, one thing that I would say is we do have a lot of transfers, which we've talked about and you know met some of these guys now, is you know these transfers, they all look good on paper. I think 12 out of 13 are from a Power 5 school, which we all agree is what we kind of needed. We talked about it last episode. But you know winter conditioning is where you start to figure out who's real and who's not, and Matt Drills is where you really – Matt Drills is designed to the weak people to literally just – Get, get them out. Get them. Yeah, get them out. Get them out of the locker room. And the strong people will survive, survive and thrive. And that's where your leaders are born. So it's there's a lot of stuff going on right now for ECU football. Kind of, you know, they're in the grind. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on you memories of winter conditioning, all of that? Because I hated it. I mean, I I remember talking to Snee when he decided not to come back. And he was like, dude, I'm not doing another mat drill. And I'm not doing another summer conditioning. And that was one of the main reasons. Same with Blake Prohl. Um, so what are y'all's thoughts on I, it? I think two worst times of the year <clears throat> are winter conditioning because it's right after you come back from Christmas and it, sh- it takes away the week. Like you said, the weak minded. Maybe a lot of the times that's more to like the freshmen or maybe people with like older itis who hasn't really played much. But also the people who like did not stay in shape or work out. Oh, you can whole tell. Christmas break. <laughs> mm. A lot of times, I don't know. Sometimes we were those people as well. I don't know. I was maybe once or twice. But uh, I don't know. Summer. And winter was just the worst times. But favorite memory from uh, winter mat drills. First off, what sucks about the winter is waking up so early and how cold it is and going outside. But what favorite memory was with Miles Berry. 
my sophomore year, his freshman year, and Miles obviously became you know a standout ECU linebacker, absolutely filthy, and could kick my tail. Team captain, like, yeah, team great captain. guy. Could kick my tail in football every day of the week except uh, <laughs> three weeks his freshman year in winter conditioning. And so, fun story is is Miles freshman winner. So he, you guys were early enrollees. Yeah, so we were there. We literally got there and had winter conditioning. <laughs> Yeah, so that winter with Coach Mo's staff, we they kind of had like a competition. Every every mat drills was a competition. Everything you did every day was a competition, and they kept a tally. And I kid you not, I, I saw who I was paired up against. Like, oh my god, a top recruit linebacker. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm a four string quarterback. I'm about to get destroyed. <laughs> and I'll kid you not, Miles was one of those freshmen who came in a little under, under uh, out of shape. And I beat Miles. I think the score was 32 out of 36 mat drills. And it was just something I took. I was Dude, like, I no, that. I was like, no way. And the funniest story about that was um, Coach C, uh, you know, former yeah. weightlifting coach, looked at Miles and he was like, Miles, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> he was like, you lost 32 out of 36 mat drills to our four string quarterback. And But obviously, Miles became a standout. Me and Miles, a good friend of mine, Miles. Don't be mad at me for sharing that story, but fun, fun story. We used back. to uh, we used to joke on him when he was. I mean, he was a team captain, like leadership council guy, yeah. like start linebacker for years now. But his first like five weeks, we were like, dude, who is this kid? <laughs> and we would joke on him when he was uh, when obviously when we got older and he started playing, we were like, what changed? Like you you had to change a lot of things, and he did um, that first year alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah for sure. He the f- crazy thing is, is how bad like not how bad we were, but like. He was one of those guys that took time to develop, and when he developed, he was like a stud. Oh, yeah. But that first year, like, he played that year. I know. <laughs> that I is know. what is crazy. Is like, he played after doing that winter conditioning. Like, the coaches still were like, all right, he's playing this year. And went and played. <laughs> and he, de- obviously, he was a great teammate, great player. Um, but One of the nicest dudes outside yeah. of football, too. But, yeah, yeah. Started his career, career a little, uh, little slow. <laughs> Jack, you got to have some winter conditioning stories at Nevada. I mean, it, pro- it had to be five degrees when you were out there yeah no indoor not that i think our strength coach or head coach would allow it anyways <laughs> but um our strength coach at nevada actually was a previous like military trainer and so really kind of in that mindset all winter and um we would be out there at 5 a.m six degrees outside on the turf like army crawling in the snow um, we had this thing called a duskin that honored a, a military member um, who had passed away and, and coach was pretty passionate about it. So like there was no complaining about it, no bad body language. And it was just a series of of pretty tough uh, kind of events that you went through on a football field. And you were kind of with a little group right there of just like planks, tire flipping, uh, bear crawling. And, and so you're just sitting there and either your forearms are tore up from the turf being frozen or you got a long sleeve and it's tore up and it's just cold and, and soggy. So uh, those weren't that great. Um, but I do want to touch a little bit on your comment about just like this is a chance for the transfers to fit in. Yep. Because this is when I did show up. Um, my first thing kind of with the team was winter conditioning and mat drills. And being like your first year in there, what you really want to do is just gain your teammates' respect. You want to gain their trust and you do that through your actions each day you, you be accountable you be dependable and you lead through your actions and so one of the things when i kind of came in um i i was a leader at nevada and i came here and and you don't want to step on anyone's toes like you're not you're not walking in here this is my team not at all 
you're just going to be quiet. You're going to do everything right. And you're going to lead by example. And I think once you do that, you gain, you gain respect and that kind of carries into spring ball. And then if you can play on the field, you get more of their respect because at the end of the day, that's really what matters. Yep. Um, so, I mean, for these new guys just to come in, earn the teammates and the coaches respect, uh, solidify that they're here to work and, and not complain, not do any of that. Um, that's probably like the route that everyone should look to take. Especially with these, I mean, we have a huge transfer class now. So, I mean, someone, there's going to be leaders out of that class, but there's also going to be, I mean, you don't think about it, there's going to be bust out of that class too. And you're going to figure out kind of who those guys are. Now, look, you can have a, a bad mat drill and still kind of like Miles still end up being a good player. But when you're a transfer with one or two years left, like, you, you better need, show up ready this to go. year that you, these six months that you're here, you better be ready to roll just like you were. I mean, just like Zay was like these guys that, um, you have one year left as a transfer, like you're not even here a full year. Right. You're here, you know, December till the end of the season. So like, you better be ready to roll. You better be, better be in shape. So like it shows who is focused outside of just here. Like everyone in the country is going to show up to their lift when their lift says, um, you know, during the season and during the off season too. Like as a team, the teams are going to be lifting. They're going to be running. What are you doing outside of that is really going to show. And it shows during match drills. Right. Yeah. And I think if you're transferring in, you can about guarantee coach Houston is going to put you in a competition against another player that he knows is a dog. Good point. I, that is a huge, he does do that. And really young kids too. Yeah. Uh, high school. That's one of his big things. Like the tire pool, Caden. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I got a picture. I'm so mad I didn't send it to Drew. We'll have to tweet it out. Um, I got a picture of Caden after Matt drills. He did the tire pull, and he was like pulling it with his face. So his after Matt drills, his face was just covered in like skid marks, like a tire literally drove over his face. So yeah, that was so that was the last day of Matt drills 2020, right before COVID. Yeah, and I went through. All the days of Matt drills without getting caught out for the tire pull. I was like, Coach Houston will not call out a quarterback. But I was like, he might call out a back quarterback. <laughs> and it's the last day. And he's literally like, Caden Norman. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then he's like, Brian Gag. And Brian's a lot bigger than me. And I was like, this is like, is this a fair matchup? And I remember we went against each other. And Brian's a lot stronger. He really is yeah. a lot taller than me. And I was like, I'm not losing this thing. So I put my whole body on the freaking tire, and I Your made him. Face. I you made were... him pull me, and the whole right, right side of my face was black. Was just Fun like, fact is that was Brian Gag's beginning of his tight end days too. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. So he wasn't even a quarterback then. It's only one quarterback. Oh, uh, you're right. Participating. Oh, he, did, he got a lot bigger then too. Yeah, you're he right. did. He bulked up a lot. Curious, you guys, maybe Holton too. What was the one? Matt drill, like uh, maybe workout you had to do or Matt, Matt drill competition that you guys absolutely hated because I absolutely hated the tire pool. Just curious if you guys tire pool or anything. Else. I lucked up and Houston never threw me out there for any oh, of I forgot. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the perfect 30s, uh, we've talked about before, perfect 30s, Houston's first December here when he was really trying to set the tone. We, I'm pretty sure we ran 30. It was either 29 or 30 perfect 30s where you like, you got to run full speed. The whole team can't show any like discomfort or anything yeah it was bad because we uh we needed a, a culture change and yeah that was probably mine i i did get called out my first year because i was here for two years obviously my first year i got called out for the tire pull um and like that stuff wasn't too bad for me but what would get me would be how if there was one person in the group that didn't follow directions exactly right or they were lacking that we had to all go back and do it again because like you're you have guys that are giving it their all like so i'm out there like gassed and i'm giving it everything i got and then they're like nope doesn't count yep 
guy behind you was was BS, and so it's like good. some fights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coach Tesh, uh, he had a drill where like there's six people that go at one time, and they all like go under a shoot and things like that. And if one person messes up, that whole group goes back. So one group could go about six times, and then the one before goes like once or not at all. So then like you go to the next station and. Coach is like, oh, you're getting your ass kicked. Well, yeah, I did six reps. He did one. So, yeah. <laughs> Drew, what was your tire pool record? Zero, zero. Uh, Jack, you, you, what was I was one and zero. One and zero. The the craziest one was where they had like the the little like almost backpack yeah, like straps with the chain, other. and you just got to, I don't yeah. even know how to describe it. Crawl, and you got to crawl the guy past. Is, the is that the one where it's kind of like you're wearing the backpacks, you're facing two opposite yes, directions, and you got to run, and you got to try to chains between you, yes. like tug of war. Yes, but. But bear, bear crawl type Human, of war. Yes. Yeah, that's oh, a good way to explain it. That's, uh, so that's winter conditioning story. Um, kind of ECU athletics as well. We might get into it a little bit more later in the show with some bets maybe. Am I hitting at something? Uh, no, they lost me last week. I can't go with them again. Um, let's get on to the championship round. Chiefs-Ravens. Uh, Ravens minus three in Baltimore. They looked really good this last week. Um, Lamar's curse i would say is gone now people said he couldn't win in the playoffs he hadn't played well looked really good their defense is as good as anyone's what are y'all's thoughts on that jack texted me at halftime and was like uh-oh the ravens aren't looking too good i literally texted him what half hour later i was like dude i don't know what you're saying uh about <laughs> yeah you had to wait a half hour uh, <laughs> but it was a good game every game this weekend was a good game i think they kind of like you mentioned about your 49ers earlier to me like you have that bye week, you're a little rusty. Yeah. I think the Ravens had that little bit of rust, but they knocked it off immediately after yeah. halftime. And it was, it was a fun game to watch. And I think it, it's going to be exciting to watch Mahomes versus uh, Lamar this week. It was cool they talked about Keaton for a good bit, which we're going to get on the show here soon. Yeah. I literally talked to him about coming um, next week onto the show because we, we have this you know ECU legend that we're going to come on next week, which we're not going to show until literally the show premieres next week. Um, it is not Keaton because Keaton wants to actually be in studio. So, really? yeah, I was like, you want to come on? And he was like, I'm going to be in studio and do it. So wait till the season's over. So hopefully when he wins the Super Bowl, he'll come in. But next week while I'm at it, we can get back to it. Next week we have a ECU legend, one of the best football players to ever play at East Carolina, one of the most well-known players to ever play at East Carolina, will be joining us live Make sure you tune in for that. Um, boys, you got anything? You know who it is. Just we keep can't. coming back. Yeah. It's only getting better. We're just going to keep getting these guests, and next week's going to be a big one. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think the fans are going to be I, – I see everyone's guesses. I'm not going to give any hints, but I think they're going to be like, whoa. Yeah. So, keep think- tagging us um, at Whole Ayler Show on X because – if you get it right, we might we might DM you and tell you, but we might not. You got to show up next week too. But it's going to be a massive show. Um, hasn't done an interview in quite some time with an ECU network, so it's going to be a big one. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it. But what was your thoughts on the 49ers game? Well, first off, when I texted you that the Bills had just <laughs> gone down three times in a row, scored like they were looking almost unstoppable. So I was like, all right, Caden, like the Bills. Yeah, you mean the Texans? Oh, was that? I thought you were talking about the. Oh, you yeah, my up. fault, my fault. Anyways, because I thought the I was Ravens game, the, my the bad. Bills Chiefs, yeah, I thought I was you talking said about Niners. I know, I messed him up. My bad. Oh, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Jack. I'm, I'm confused now. <laughs> yeah, no, I was talking from his earlier talk. Oh, but, okay. All right, we go to the Niners game. Um, yeah, last week, lucky to get out of there. Packers are very good, obviously, very young. Going to be an exciting team to watch in the future. Um, but yeah, two weeks off for our starters, and and that definitely showed. 
Uh, I saw a take earlier in the week that was like, yeah, you know, two weeks off might be really good, but if you got a young quarterback, you'd rather be in Jordan Love's situation where you're just coming off being on fire and keeping it rolling versus Brock Purdy, who's second year in the league, having two weeks off could hurt him more than it could help him. So we for sure saw that. Lucky to get out of there. But I think it was a wake-up call to the team, and I kind of do like that kind of aspect of it because, like, you know, the team's over there practicing right now, and they're saying, like, all right, like, we got lucky right there. Like, we need to bring our A game now. And so I think it's going to be a great game. I've talked about my Detroit Lions uh, picks in the last couple of weeks, and, and I do really like Dan Campbell. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for this. And, and all the people... You taking Niners? Yeah. All the people talking about Debo being out, Debo's not sitting this one out. I'm not going to talk about Debo being out. I'm going to talk about Brock Purdy for a second. And me and Drew were talking about it all fair before the show. Bro, he looked like he had the yips for like... <laughs> the yips. What are the yips? Was, the yips are when you... <laughs> you have like a disconnect from your mind to where like you're literally in your head so much you can't throw the ball. Like some of these check downs, dude, and look, I've probably had the yips. You guys can fry on me, show film, I don't care. What <laughs> game did Hole Nailers have the yips? Yeah, okay. Please, <laughs> please. I'm sure we, the haters have been kind of silent um, recently, so we need, we had haters oh, in our career. Oh, I thought you were we talking about out. Brock Purdy. I was like, no, they have no. not. <laughs> but Brock Purdy literally had the yips, and then I told Drew, I had my notes, I was showing him my notes, and it said, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, <laughs> Has yips, question mark, but he looked good the final drive when it mattered. Yeah. And Drew said, it really didn't, though. He just hit his checkdowns. He just threw checkdowns the whole time. So. Did you see the uh, throw he made to Juwan Jennings where he's perfectly placed behind the linebacker was, in front of the That was a safety? very good throw, and I think that's when he cured his yips. Yes. And then <laughs> Do you agree? Drew Do you could, agree that he had the yips? I don't know about the yips, but, like, for sure things weren't going his way. Like, And he acknowledged that. He was yeah. like, yeah, the weather is like, a lot of things didn't go my way. He's like, but that's football. But, you know... I guarantee you, he has tiny hands just like Caden does. He has the same size hands as Patrick Mahomes. Oh well, maybe not then. I was just I was frying on Caden there. I was just making a little joke right there. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, Jack on my back there. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. fry my hands. Yeah. Jack, um, <laughs> One thing about Jack though, Jack texts me on the Ravens game because Jack knows I have the Ravens on a Super Bowl future. And he's like, oh, the Ravens, like we just said. <laughs> well, I texted him early against the the Niners when Green Bay was up. I was like, uh-oh. And then he he didn't, he didn't cash that in on me, but you could have. One thing that I will say before we get to this live caller, I, I think Brandon's ready, um, is Jordan Love really showed that he's the future of the Packers. And yeah. like I think during the season he showed glimpses of it, but you go win in the playoffs and did what he did. They had a chance to really win it there. The kicker, obviously, kicking problem, Not kicking problems, but – could have been a lot closer game if he made that kick, but he shows that he's the future of the Packers, and he shows that he could be a future star for the Packers. Did y'all see the video of his last pick and the Brett Favre video yes, combined? Identical. It was like the exact same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that. One thing I love about Jordan Love is, as a fantasy owner looking forward to my next fantasy season next year, I had Jordan Love all, uh, all, all season long except three weeks, my first three weeks, and I picked him up uh, in the season. And he bought out. So as a fantasy owner, we're looking for fantasy quarterbacks next year. Jordan Love might be the guy. Last thing I want to say, and I think Drew has a graphic of it when we get to all this. Have you all seen the theory of the Super Bowl logo in the team's colors matching and getting – have you all seen that, Drew? Yeah. Do you have it? Do you yeah. Have it? yeah, it's up. Um, so if you look at the last couple of Super Bowls, like the teams that are in it, their colors are in the logo. And this year it's red and purple. So are we going to see a, a Niners-Ravens Super Is Bowl? Is that how the script theory came? No, I think that was because Adrian Foster just like 
It's not SCT and said it, but now it's like, is the yeah. script real? Because if these teams, this make is it, definitely a supporting article for the script. Yeah. So if you're watching, check out the graphic because that is kind of sketch. No, I kind of see it because that one flag, I think it was fourth quarter last year. No, I'm talking about the game, the Bills oh, yeah, Chiefs okay, game. Okay. So fourth quarter Bills Chiefs game when the Bills got that stop and they eventually got the stop on the next drive, but. They had that pass interference call. Do you guys remember that? And yep. the Bills were like celebrating and they threw the flag. I literally was like, this has to be a script. Like who throws a flag 15 seconds late? Or like, what about when the Bucks didn't call a timeout uh, that was at the weird end of the Lions too, game dude. when they could have had the ball back with like 40 seconds? That was weird. Yeah, before the show, Drew was like, the Bucks just fired their head coach. And I thought he was talking about him yeah. because he didn't call a timeout. I didn't realize he was talking about basketball because they're scared of the Knicks. But like... Uh, <laughs> Well, let's move on uh, to the live caller. Drew, is he ready? Yeah. All right, so this next live caller is brought to you by Anson Belts. Go to AnsonBelt.com to see over 10,000 combination of holeless belts, um, lifetime warranty. There's a ton of different things. They hooked us up. We're going to post it on social media. Uh, the walk-ons are, are hype as could be. They sent us some stuff. We're going to send our live caller um, and Anson Belt if he gets his question right. Caden, you have a little bit to talk about it. Yeah, what I love about the wi- lifetime warranty is, you know, let's say the belt breaks, let's say you have some damages, you know, they'll look at it and you know they they'll get you a brand new belt. So I'm excited about the package we just got. I just saw them. I was like, they're pretty sick. They got the nice buckles on them. So check it out. Get you an Anson belt and tag it at the show. Maybe we want to see you with your belt. Yeah, the, the official belt of ECU Athletics. Oh, I forgot about and that. And the Holt Naylor show. <laughs> for sure brandon can you hear us yes sir how y'all doing good man how are you i'm good man tired but uh, good <laughs> for sure so we're gonna change up the live caller um i know you did one of the practice episode with us so we're gonna change it up this week we're not gonna do a full holt title and tell you a play we're actually gonna do something else here in a few minutes but first we're gonna give you a chance to ask us a question or two and then we'll get to the next part in a second so fire away I'll go back to um, the guys who are on the team, you know, this year. Um, Obviously, it was a down year, and it was not fun. I know for the players, as as fans, the people who love the Pirates. Um, But uh, I just want to, you know, what was the morale like in the locker room? You know, us as fans and people in the Pirate Club, people, you know, all over. I think we know, you know, what – What's happening? You know, players, how the players are feeling, what's going on with the coaches. The coaches aren't doing this, they aren't doing that. Yeah. I'm not particularly one of those people, but it is interesting to me to know what you guys were feeling in the locker room, um, you know, how you were feeling dealing with, obviously, a 2-10 and season. Yeah. Uh, So that's my first question. Yeah. Uh, So this is Jack here. Uh, Appreciate you coming on. And uh, that question is kind of one that we kind of get asked a lot, I feel like. Um, But honestly, like, what's kind of tough about this is players and coaches in a 2-10 season, um, it's going to be tough. And because the amount of time and effort that we all put in, uh, coaches probably more, for sure, more than players. uh, We all really, though, live at the facility during the season. So that's pretty tough. Um, But... As a collective, as a whole, I think that our culture in the locker room stayed pretty strong. Um, and it, it speaks to Coach Houston's culture. You know, the, the team, we stuck together. We went out there every day and we tried to just put our best together. Um, and obviously we fell short a lot. 
but as a collective we went out there every practice every game and we we stood out there and we did what we could do um and and that's all we did you know we tried to do the do the best we can i'm sorry about that um but yeah i mean obviously it's hard when when things aren't going your way and we we acknowledge that um obviously we weren't pleased with anything that happened but speaking like what you were asking about with culture and, and how the locker room was I mean, we stayed together. We we stayed through it all. If, on, if, if anything, honestly, it kind of made us stronger. Brandon, what else you got for us? Um, <clears throat> well, Holton, uh, I think I've asked you this before, but, uh, you know, in your time here, there was obviously, like you mentioned, you hadn't had any haters in a while. Um, <laughs> but when you were here, there were some. I was not one of those. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> But uh, I've known you for a long time, and I know what you're about, and I knew your makeup. I knew I knew what was going to happen. I knew how well you were going to play. But how, how was it being from here and being a local kid, you know, um, all the things people said about why you were playing and this, that, and the other. You know, people that know football knew why you were playing, but the, the talking heads that love to kind of hate on you. What, 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 how are you feeling? How did that make you feel being from here? <clears throat> Well, certainly didn't make you feel good, um, but you know, at the same time, um, you know, I felt like people were disappointed in me and disappointed in the team for not playing well. But at the same time, I mean, I was already disappointed in myself, so I had really high expectations for myself to where you know any external noise really didn't affect me. Um, mute him, Drew, while we talk. Right. The only thing that really would affect me and like, look, I knew when I committed here, and I was 17 years old when I did. And when I came here, I was a starting quarterback at 18. So, like, I was young. I didn't know, you know, how hard it was going to be. But I also knew that I was tough and I could handle it, and um, which I feel like I did fine. But the one thing that kind of got to me was, like, when people threatened my family. Like, I mean, I had death threats. I had everything in between. Um, but, you know, I had people saying stuff when I would go in public. But when that happened with my family, like, that's just one thing that I didn't really – appreciate um you know at the same time as college football that's what it is you're a quarterback you know if you win games people aren't going to do that thing do that stuff so i uh, it comes with it but you know it was a lot tougher probably than i thought it was going to be but you know at the same time i had such high you know internal expectations that the external expectations really didn't weigh in on me if that makes sense oh yeah for sure oh, what I, oh this caden here hold oh, i'm curious i like that question from brandon but curious if you could think of one moment when, yeah, that caught your mind, what hater comment or, <laughs> or hater question or co- post that you saw like sticks to your mind that made you laugh the most or like stuck out the most? It's got to be the local politics bud guy, right? I mean, <laughs> he's the one that I like laughed about. Um, I could go through my DMs and show you all and you'd be like, whoa, people are a lot more harsh than Jack figured out about it. We had a targeting on JJ McCarthy for <laughs> Michigan fans, but like. Probably the local politics bud guy just because, I mean, people were saying I'm starting because my dad there and there's like conspiracy theories and all that. Speaking of that, this guy is like, evidently I asked, I was trying to have him on the show. So I asked Pirate Radio, I was like, who is this guy? He's like, he has an alias. So we're trying to find him to get him on the show because he's kind of like, I mean, his little, it sparked a little interest in us. And that's kind of the vibe of the show is we want to, we don't just want to have fans like Brandon, but we want to have haters on too and, you know, debate with them. Uh, so if anyone knows the local politics bud guy, please send him our way. We will be nice to him. I, I will be nice to him, but we have some facts we would love to talk about with him and invite him on the show. He's a free invitation anytime he wants to the show. But Brandon, um, it was tough. It was tough. That was a great question. But at the same time, I had such high internal expectations that external, it affected me sometimes, but I was already disappointed in myself if we didn't win. 
Uh, so that kind of answers that question. You got anything else for us? Uh, I think this is for everyone. This will be the last one. Um, there's been a lot of a lot happening with the with Pyre football. Um, how are you guys feeling about next year? Like I, I I'm pumped. I, I think it's great, but you know you guys are a little closer to it than. I- yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I think there's a lot of potential. I mean, the defense is there from what we believe the defense is going to be just as good, if not better, than last year. Obviously, you're losing some pieces, so we got to fill some pieces. But offensively, we have, we're bringing in transfers that hopefully can make an impact. Obviously, you start with quarterback. Then as an offense coordinator, we got two quarterbacks and a new offense coordinator. So you got to hit with those guys first. Like we said earlier, a lot, there's going to be bust out of this transfer class, but you got to hit at those two positions. And then if from there, if you hit at those two positions, then you know you, you have a chance to be pretty successful. Jack? Yeah, I think that Coach Houston was aggressive, and I think he made the right moves. Um, people wanted to see him make some things happen. And like you just said, I think he went after it, and he first got the coaching staff, young, energetic group. Um, obviously, the defensive coaching staff had one hole with Coach Weaver leaving, put in a great safeties coach, former Pirate in there, who's obviously passionate about the purple and gold. Um, and then a lot of big guys coming in. So looking forward to it. And I think that for sure it's it's not unreasonable to get our sights back on a bowl game for next year. Yeah, another win that I think people don't talk about a lot is keeping Coach Harrell. I thought for sure like maybe midseason, like I don't know if he'll be back here next year. So I think keeping him is a big piece that people aren't talking about a lot. 100%. Brandon, we uh, Drew has a question for you now. We're going to change up whole title this week. We, it'll be one minute long. Um, Drew's going to ask you a question. You'll see the graphic on your screen as well. He's going to ask you a question. If you get it right, you get a package from Anson Belt. You good? All right. It's All a right. trivia question. It's a trivia question. ECU football trivia question. Drew. Oh, good. Okay. All right. I'm putting it on the screen, but I'm going to read it out to you. Then I'm going to start the clock once I finish. You have 30 seconds. All right. Well, 15. All right. 15. Drew changed it. All right. Go ahead, Drew. So what ECU football coach has the best win percentage with coaching three plus seasons? You're on the clock now. Well, you got to give them options. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Cl- uh, Clarence Stasevich, Pat Dye, Steve Logan, and Skip Holtz. Oh, geez. Um, 15 seconds. Drew, keep them up on the time. 10. I'm going to go with... Uh, let's go with... Uh, Three seconds. Uh, Skip Holtz. <laughs> the right answer was Pat Die. I figured that's what it was. You should have went Pat Die. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Brandon. Thanks for joining the show, yeah, man. man. We'll get I'll you back on one. soon. All right, have a good one. See you. I, I want to call one thing Brandon said about him being excited for football season. I'm pumped for football season. Like, there's nothing to look forward to. I think there's baseball, but like, I'm a football guy. And I was in the shower this morning, and I was like, <laughs> oh, nice. yeah, I was in the shower this morning before work, and I was like, oh my god, this this transfer class 12 out of i mean 12 out of 13 you know power five quarterback battle i'm pumped i agree with you brandon in the shower this morning we were thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah i was a little flustered when he asked that first question just because like i had some echo in my headphones and stuff so yeah. i might have got a little off track but like you mix in that class with what coach houston's built here um a couple episodes when you were talking and you were like that wasn't a two and ten program it's two and yeah. ten team that's facts yeah like coach houston's um, culture that he's built it's going to be fun to see like how the new transfers get in there and are incorporated with that spring should be fun yeah it should be let's move on boys uh the most exciting but dreaded segment of the show and that's because we are buns at it and that is the betting segment of the show 
Um, we're gonna get into it. Drew, you got the graphic. Our rankings right now are me one and three, Jack one and three, Caden one and three, and Drew two and two is leading the way. So I don't know how we're gonna settle the uh, the punishment if we're all tied for dead last, but uh, we're gonna have to figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure we're it out. We're all gonna have to come here and watch a game and all bet on the game with some bet. <laughs> I just hope people, if they are following our, our bets, are just picking and choosing and not going with one person. Because they're going with one person, it's not good. <laughs> well, let's get to it. Drew, did you pop the graphic up there to show it? I did, everything? I let's did. Go. Everybody Drew's sees getting, where the champ sits, man. <laughs> He's getting better at producing. It's not over yet, Drew. By the day. It's oh, not. it's a month. We got two more episodes to go. This episode's a huge one. Caden, let's start with you. Uh, who do you got this week? Yeah, so I'm going to start off with NFL. Uh, I wanted to see... Uh, the Chiefs go home last week. I wanted the whole Taylor Swift ordeal to go home. Even though I liked it, wanted to see it go home. And I think I have to go this one because I have a futures bet on it. You know, I have the Ravens and Lamar, you know, packing up the whole Kelsey family, packing up Mahomes and sending them home. So I'm going um, Baltimore with a little bit of a juice line, uh, minus two. You can buy the, the line down. I know it's minus three right now. And I'm probably like, why do you want it minus two? I'm just like, I just don't trust the, the minus three. So I'm going to juice it to minus two. Maybe I'll get it minus three. But minus two, minus three, that's where I'm at. And then I have Kansas basketball. You know, I always have to ride basketball. And right now with my, my official plays, I'm freaking 0-2. But I got Kansas on the road against Iowa State. And I think Kansas, uh, they, they had a bad loss against West Virginia. You know, someone shoots 57% against you. It's tough to overcome. But I think they overcome it. Um, they bounced back this past week, game against Cincinnati. They're an electric team. Uh, with McCullers Jr. and Dickinson. So I think they're going to win this one. I think it's probably going to be uh, probably minus three, four-ish line. They might be plus money, but I like Kansas as well. This going to dig you out of the hole? I'm going two wins. All right, let's go, Jack. Who do you got? Well, we're battling for 500 here after <laughs> I go perfect this weekend. Um, but first one I got, I'm going both player props, both NFL. Are you stealing Drew's thunder right here, man? Yeah, well, he cut out on week one, so I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll step in and start being the player prop guy, maybe put some pressure on him. Um, but my first one, I'm going Patty Mahomes over one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, it looked last week like Kelsey, like their connection was kind of back to what it was. Uh, throughout the year that kind of disappointed me a little bit I think Kelsey like kind of fell off a little bit but it's good to see him back last week so I'm taking Patty Mahomes over one and a half passing touchdowns and the second one always got to throw Niners one in there Uh, I'm going Purdy over 21 completions last week he had 23 and one of his main targets Debo was out for a good half of the game and it was raining yeah and so I think that with Detroit's uh, secondary kind of being part of their weakness on defense I think we're gonna throw the ball no rain Debo's gonna be back I'm taking over 21 completions I kind of like that those two seem pretty good I need to start looking at player props Drew all right uh obviously on these bets I've had y'all's back but you know who else has your back Worth Chiropractic. (laughs) Uh, This segment is presented by Worth Chiropractic. Worth Chiropractic is your local choice for chiropractic care. Automobile accident, they specialize in treating automobile accidents and slip and falls while working closely with your attorney. 
Everyday back and neck pains or sports-related injuries, they offer safe, natural care to get you back to being you. No drugs or surgery, so it's convenient, comfortable, and cost-effective. And the first consult is free. Worth Chiropractic, two convenient locations on Arlington Boulevard, free consultations, and they work with your loyal and file your insurance. 1-800-BACK-DOC today. Nice, yeah. Drew. Drew. You'd be good at like that TV commercial that was always up uh, as a kid. Where it'd be like for nineteen ninety nine, you get blah 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 one eight hundred. I'll tell you, Drew's becoming a star now. He's reading ads because he's the top of the uh, the freaking betting segment. All right, Drew, get get to your bets. Uh, who do you got since you're at the top? I guess the listeners are going to listen to you more than anyone else right now. I mean, I'm still five hundred, so <laughs> but listen to me. We're going to get to the promised land eventually. So um, I actually got the Ravens too, uh, but I kept them at minus three and a half. Um, I think they really are just better than the Chiefs. I know it's hard to go against Mahomes, but I'm going to do it. I think Lamar, uh, he's getting the offense going. The Ravens, uh, statistically, they got the best defense in the league, and they've been playing lights out for probably about the last six weeks. Every top team they played, they've whooped them. So I think they can continue that trend and cruise to the Super Bowl. And my second one is Sam Laporta over four and a half receptions. Um, I don't really know why this line is so low. Um, last week, he had 11 targets and caught nine passes. And the week before, he got three. But he also had a knee injury. But I feel like his knee is probably back close to 100 now. So I think Sam Laporta over four and a half catches with the target volume that he's getting is a good pick. If me and Drew lose this Ravens bet, it's the script. We're, we're oh, playing the script. It, no, their they're purple they're is in the win. Yeah, yeah, they're scripted to win. Oh, so you can't do that. But I'm just saying that the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. I'm still calling the script. So Yeah. I Either way, it's the script. All right, let's, to get, Lamar. let's get to mine. Uh, look, boys, I picked the Pirates last week. It was my heart. My mom was telling me Knicks. I picked the Knicks. They won just like they've been doing this whole entire time. But the Pirates was more of my heart. Um, and I, I'm not going to pick with my heart again. I'm just not going to. And I have a lot of evidence to back up this next pick. This next pick is 100% brain. I'm going to show you why. I'm going to take the Knicks money line versus the Denver Nuggets, which is one of the top teams. They're sitting at 30 and 14. The Knicks 27 and 16, or 26 and 17, excuse me. Joker. Listen to this, though. 30 and 14, the Denver Nuggets. This game is at Madison Square Garden, one of the best environments in the NBA. The Nuggets, out of their 14 losses, 10 of them are away. So they're not good in, in hostile environments. Knicks is a hostile environment. Knicks, are already mentioned on the show, are 9-2 and two since the trade. I didn't love the trade, but the boys are winning. We're climbing the Eastern Conference. We're making the Bucks head coach get fired. So I'm taking Knicks money line. It's going to be great money because the Nuggets are 30-14 and 14 and one of the top teams <laughs> in the league. But the Knicks are going to prove that they're the top dog now, that we're on the rise. I'm taking Knicks money line. Versus the Denver Nuggets. What if they're like underdog? You're not taking the points. You're I'm just... taking the money line. I'm going big wow. money. And then, was, do you have another one? I do. And we we were talking about you know underdog and stuff like that. Well, I feel like I'm an underdog in this betting segment because I can't <laughs> bet football. I, I got to ride with basketball, college basketball. I'm going to start looking at hockey. I really don't watch hockey, but I can't do football like you guys. Look, I'd be four and oh, five and oh, if I could do football. Stop it. You guys have no excuses. I have an excuse, but not anymore. So I'm going to just pick the underdogs. I should get double the points because I'm riding these underdogs, and they're going to be like plus 400. And that is why I'm going to pick Texas men's basketball to beat 21-ranked BYU at BYU Saturday. BYU is one of the better teams in the Big 12. Texas started off the year hot, had a lot of um, big wins, lost five now. They're 13-5. and five. They're not ranked. They, this is the first time in a while they haven't been ranked. But – 
out of the five losses, two of them have come against legit top ten teams, and the other three all came in the same week. So this had a bad week, and they've lost to two top ten teams. BYU is going to it's going to show. I'm going to take Texas money line. They're going to be an underdog. It's going to show that BYU is fraud. And by the end of this week, they're going to be soaking in disappointment. Fraud that they lost until their the game. next Jimmer Fredette just puts up forty on them. I, I like that pick. I didn't realize they're on the road playing. I missed that one on the, the sheet. I think you might get some good value. I don't know if they'll be underdogs, but they oh good, they're going to be underdogs. Good at chance. BYU. Good chance. BYU has struggled recently against some uh, Big Twelve basketball. I know they they're ranked, but they've struggled in the last couple of games. But I, I like that pick. I might ride that one with you. And Texas just beat a top 10 Baylor team two games ago. That was a great game. Yes. Great game. Texas on a roll. I am taking Texas. BYU is going to be soaking in disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got it? I tried to say yeah, it. No, I got it. That was good. It's okay. Let's move on to our next segment. We got Stanford Steve um, ready to join live. Drew, is he ready? Yes, sir. Steve, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Let's go. Hey, welcome in, man. Appreciate you for doing this. Um, you know, obviously, you're a huge name in the sports world now with Scott Van Pelt, game day. Um, saw you were in Baltimore last week. Where are you this week? <laughs> we actually have a home game. Uh, it actually works out well. Uh, we'll be in D.C. for uh, for the uh, conference championship game Sunday night uh, with Scott, and then we're actually going to do the Pro Bowl. So I think we're going to leave. Like, we're there for in Orlando for the whole weekend. Uh, and then we'll go out to the Super Bowl for some uh, some fun, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I can see the finish line. I didn't I didn't see it at the beginning of the season when game day started in August. But uh, it's been a it's been an incredible season. Uh, haven't I haven't had this much fun in my life uh, in the last five months? So uh, it, it's been tremendous. Dude, I bet so, man. Sounds uh, you, you've had a busy last, uh, you know, few months, like you said, and you kind of touched on it with game day. And I just kind of wanted to ask about that. You know, obviously, you and uh, Scott Van Pelt have built something huge there, and I think I read where you've been there since 2009, kind of building that with him. But you know, you kind of took on this new role of game day this year, um, which is even a, I would imagine, a bigger audience. If not, I mean, obviously, a lot of the same people watch the same show, but you know, your life has kind of blown up even more than it already was. Um, you know, this year, you know, I just want to see, you know, ask kind of, you know, how the game day thing kind of fell into place. You know, it's kind of a new game day with, you know, Pat McAfee, you, you know, how did all that kind of fall into place? Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, the bear Felica and I, we did a podcast for God, I think it was like six years and we had a blast. Uh, we, we started out, uh, a guy, Chad Millman, who went on to start the, uh, action network, uh, you know, came to us, was like, would you guys be it? I mean, this is 2014, 2015. Like, you know, I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> and we, we seriously, and we joined, we joined him. And then, you know, the following season, we were like, why don't we just do it, Chad? You know, you're more of an NFL guy. We can do the college and see what we have here. There's definitely a space. We know how much, you know, passionate the, the college football fans are. And on top of that, you know, you start talking some spreads and some lines, and, and, and you and you create an audience. You know, it's it's out there for sure. You know, uh, plenty of the numbers from TV. You know, everybody talks about who's watching these games. You know, gamblers are, and yeah. now that there's there's more places where it's legal, and uh, going to going to these college campuses was really eye opening. Uh, seeing seeing the college kids, and uh, you know, with a little action on the you know the NFL Thursday night games, and being at restaurants, and it was just it's just a different world. Uh, now, but as far as how it started, I mean, Fleek and I, you know, did that podcast for how many years? I had done game day radio. I produced uh, the show for about oof, 
07 to probably 2012. And uh, so I knew the guys. I, you know, we got to hang around Herbie and, and went back then it was Fowler and Coach Corso uh, and everything. So I had, you know, some, some stake in the race. And then when Felica left for Fox, you know, the, the decision, you know, they came to me and I sort of put myself out there. I talked to my boss at SportsCenter and said, hey, this is, this is an opportunity. They need and they want uh, me to be a part of it. And it started with the bowl games last season. Uh, we went to the Peach Bowl with Georgia and Ohio State and flew out to the Rose Bowl and then did the national championship. So we put some pegs in the ground there, and then everybody got on board, and they invited me in. And uh, it's 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 been tremendous, man. It's, it's, it's really cool, Holton, because, like, Scott's thing and I is night, right? We're always post-game yep. after, after the show. So, like, that whole audience, like, even on the East Coast, we don't have as many people because on the West Coast, we usually go on at 12 Eastern. It's only 9 o'clock out there. It's prime time. Yeah. You know, but but now, you know, with game day, that's a totally different audience. So they've been awesome. Uh, everybody's been great. And uh, like I said, it, 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 it was, you know, being a night guy, mornings weren't my cup of tea or <laughs> my, my favorite thing. Uh, so it just the energy alone, uh, being in Charlotte that first week and, and taping, you know, segments before the show starts and feeling that energy. It's like, man, you got to you got to be ready. I, I don't think I saw 830. Uh, PM one Friday night during the season. <laughs> like it was just, you know, mixing the schedules and being with Scott on the road for Monday night football. Like I, Monday, Friday, I was like, give me, a, I was eating dinner at like five o'clock in bed watching that, that Friday night game, whatever it was. So it was a, it was a turn of events, a little something different, but like I said, fun as hell. Dude, for sure. Um, you know, I think you know, another question kind of, and you kind of, you know, hit on it there is like, you know, you are, you're finally around these college campuses and a different type of energy and, you know, college football and college athletics, um, there's a new energy around it with NIL too. And it's a, it's a new world in that with conference realignment, you know, what are your thoughts on, I guess, yeah, NIL and conference realignment, you know, you're around these, you know, student athletes. Now you're around the big games, you know, college game day, obviously is at the biggest game each week. You know, what are you hearing from these coaches and uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? It's tough. Uh, I think when you talk to guys and they realize the hardest part and the maybe the dumbest part is they have to recruit guys that are already on the roster. Yep. Like you have to re-recruit them and make sure everybody's happy and, you know, be the nice guy because you know everybody's out there, you know, clawing at your roster too. So it's, it's, it, I think it sucks. I, I think it's wearing on coaches. Um, I think the calendar really, uh, as far as the transfer and the NIL, I think that's the biggest problem. Like, if we can move the calendar to where it's not, doesn't have anything to do with the season. You know, like, you know, even if it's spring break, uh, you know, everybody basically, I think, does their spring ball before spring break. Or even if it's the week after, you know, school gets out in May, where it's like, all right, you put in your time, but like now – Everybody knows their roster. Okay, you have three weeks, you know, make your decision. That That's the biggest problem. I, I can't imagine these teams. I mean, look at Alabama, uh, Michigan, and, 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 and the other – I mean, Washington, lose their coach. Yep. You know, everybody's leaving. Like, I, I can't imagine these the sleepless nights these guys have in, in the, be, being in the biggest stage there is. You know, Washington and Michigan are going to play for the national championship – and these guys are doing background checks to see if their guys are good. And then <laughs> their coach leaves because Saban retires. Like, everything you did probably didn't mean a thing uh, in those in those weeks because of, 
of, of coaching changes. So I, I can't – it, it can't be fun or, or as fun as it was knowing that you have to re-recruit guys and keep guys happy that are already on your roster that you put so much time in. You ain't lying, dude. I uh, I mean, I talked to Coach Houston, our coach, obviously, at ECU, who you've met. Um, and I, I straight up asked him before I left. I was like, you know, when you got into coaching, did you ever think that you know, this is where no. where it would lead to? Um, he was like, to be honest with you, no. And that's the reason why, honestly, I probably won't get into coaching unless they yeah. fix the NIL stuff. Because, you know, you recruit a kid in high school for, you know, four years, and he has one good year his freshman year, and he's out to a Power 5 school, especially at a school like ECU, a group of five school. Like, it's tough, man. So, uh Jack, you got something for him? Yeah, what's up, Steve? This is Jack. Um, what's up, man? Kind of going back to college game day, uh, for as long as I could remember, like waking up on Saturday mornings, that's what would be playing in my living room. Um, and now waking up the past couple years in a hotel, getting ready for our games, it's the first thing I turn on. Uh, this past season, you would go to college game day and you'd have a different university's jacket, quarter zip, uh, some kind of swag on from them. Was just curious, kind of like how that came about and and what you would choose to wear each week. I uh, I, I started you know wearing teams and obviously uh, the ECU thing you know blew up with Scott and Sports Center with just a t shirt. Right. And uh, you know we just always had that connection. And then on game day, they were. I was like, "What am I wearing a tie? Like I've never worn a tie on TV." And they're like, <laughs> "No, keep doing what you're doing." So now I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? Like I don't want to wear Power Five teams. Like I want to, you know, show some love to to non Power Fives and 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 be able to do that. So it uh it was random. Uh, it, it caught you know lightning in a bottle with, with people reaching out. Uh, I know. Uh, the question is coming probably, how are we going to get game day to Greenville? Uh, that's still a working process. Uh, I, I, I tell them, the, the people on game day, what it would be after, you know, you guys treated me like a king last year. Uh, but just I just tried to show love. You know, it, it was uh, – I think I was in Washington and Mont- and I wore Montana, uh, Montana Grizz. Yeah. And so the next morning, like I, I took – oh, no, I had to fly to L.A. for uh, Monday Night Football. So I wake up. And I get all these tweets, and I'm looking. I'm like, I didn't wear that yesterday. And Idaho had – no, that's what happened. I wore Idaho, and Montana beat Idaho. And so they photoshopped <laughs> my Idaho shirt with the Grizz yeah. on there. And that's I'm like, awesome. holy shit, like this is <laughs> this is taking our world. So then, you know, Montana sends their whole thing, and I wear that stuff. I think I was in Utah for – I don't even know where I wore stuff. I, I tried to – make a connection but then it just got too chaotic because i didn't know where we were going every week but again to the little guys whether it was ivy league whether it was you know one double a i just i've always thought that's the best um it's the best thing about what scott and i do on sports center like when we show the little guys like it, it's a big deal to be honest you know we could lebron james could be the best thing scott saw every night to start our show right like when we show you know mcneese state last night that has an unbelievable comeback and wins a hoop game like that stuff means a lot to those people that they that they're on that stage and i, I just always thought that's the coolest thing because i've always you know like i grew up in connecticut one of the smallest states there is and I, i'm always you know have that little guy mindset and i just think it's always cool to give the little guy some shine so that that was the basis of that and uh i appreciate recognize that it was, it was it was a lot of fun yeah for sure i mean you guys probably saw when you went out to montana versus what was it montana state this year uh, those little schools sometimes will produce some big crowds. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Heck yeah. yeah. yeah we, 
We they did Montana State last year. I missed that one. Uh, Desmond said he doesn't want to go back because he's <laughs> zero. Right. But uh, yeah, you start you start doing. We were pretty fortunate. Uh, Michigan Ohio State was super cold. Uh, but yeah, the elements being out in Baltimore this past Saturday, uh, pregame show two hours. Uh, those guys. I mean, it's a it's a different level. But I will say with game day, the energy alone, man, like it, it really is real. Like you know, I I think about the West Coast schools. Like I played at UW, uh, you know, back in the 90s when it was ripping and roaring, and, and that's just, that's just passion of a fan base it is. And then you think about game day, like it's early for us on the East Coast, and like those kids were getting in line at like 4 p.m. on Friday. Ooh, yeah. And then it rained. Like they're in the like, – I just – like all all credit to them. It, it's just – it's really, really cool uh, that they show us that kind of support, and, and it's our job to, to go out and match that energy every Saturday. I think you see that. I really do. Like you see, you know, Pat with his opening bid, a lot of times he just gets so caught up in the energy because we go out there 20 minutes before and it's just, it, it's on, you know, the DJ's <laughs> rocking. We're playing whatever music's going to get that people going. And it's just a, a three hour, I call it a roller coaster, just up, you know, it's, it's wild. It still has its bumps and, and, and in the road, but it, it is fun as hell because the energy always get, only gets bigger. Yeah. That's awesome. Steve, I, uh, I'm going to let Drew, our producer, ask you a question. So um, Drew's like learning this. We all kind of came up with this idea, and obviously this is only our third episode. So Drew's learning producing, so he might ask for some advice. Drew, what do you got? Yeah, uh, Drew here. Um, first of all, thanks for being on the show. And uh, my question for you is just, uh, so like how much preparation for you like and everybody goes into each show and I saw you were a assistant producer earlier in your career. And what's the biggest thing you gained from that experience and like just being a part of that and doing the pr- producing job that I'm trying to do now? Well, I'll say radio and podcast is a totally different animal than say a sports center show. Like a, a post game sports center show, like last night, for, for example, right? We're, we're in there, like we got an interview set up from the winning player from North Carolina and Wake Forest. We got an interview with, with the winning coach of Kansas um, in Cincinnati. Uh, we, we were going to do bad beats, and then we were going to react to that sports. And then you have Joel Embiid go for 70. You know, Cat scores 62. Like, that that, that kind of show writes itself because it's so reactionary. Whereas you guys are in the podcast, and I did with radio, there's a lot more work because you have to come up with the content. You, you, you can't just come out and say, hey – you know, uh, all right, let's turn the mics on. All right, uh, let's talk Packers uh, 49ers game. Like, it, it, it just doesn't work. You have to have a topic from the game, and then you have to have bullet points off of that. You know, all right, Jordan Love, you know, bad pick. That was the basically, you know, the big play in the game. All right, well, what else happened? There's the there's the Brock Purdy narrative. Uh, you know, there's the Green Bay defense narrative. There's LaFleur against Shanahan. Like, all those things you have to have ready to go. And have and have been prepped on them, because you're, you're the worst possible thing is when you think you have a topic that's great, and it's over in two minutes, and then yep. you have like fifteen more minutes. So, I always say, you know, go in with that with that empty you know fish tank or whatever, and just keep having you know gallons of water to fill it up, because you you never know what you're gonna need. Uh, you know, and then you have breaking news and things like that. So I, I think the the prep is huge. As long and you'll get a feel. Uh, you the best part of of doing this, and that's what you know. I created a relationship with Scott uh, way back, and and then that's you know filtered over TV. But it takes time. 
Like there's no there's no shortcut. There's no like, hey, I'm gonna know this guy inside and out. Like you have friends, and I'm sure you guys all have backgrounds, and you guys know what each other likes and dislikes. Like use that stuff because that's where you can set somebody up, and then you know bring bring some back, you know, an old piece of audio where somebody said this, and then you know you're reacting to that, and everybody's having a good time with it. So, again, the prep is is I can't talk enough about it. I mean, I would, you know, going back to the game day radio show, we had we were on the air for seven hours. And I would build a rundown. We had four segments every hour. And I would start building that thing on Tuesday. We'd have a meeting on Monday. Uh, even with game day, this, this, you know, now on TV, we have three hours. We have a rundown. We have basically three or four segments every hour. And on Monday, we start brainstorming ideas. And, you know, our features team is behind the scenes already looking ahead to games and, and players that have big spots coming up. But it's a collaborative effort. And don't ever think – or don't ever be shy about an idea either because uh, you never know how somebody's going to take it and you can't be shy. And the young people that are coming in, uh, I really feel are get a little timid uh, to withhold stuff because they're afraid, you know, on a, on a zoom, you know, for, for our pre-show meeting with Scott, you know, the floor is always open and it's a chance for you to show, Hey, I, I know my hair, you know, like, Hey, we should be doing this and we should be doing that. Or it's, Hey, I was watching this and I was thinking about this. You know, Scott, you said this the night before. Like, all that stuff adds up, and you have, like I said, just keep throwing that water in the fish tank because you uh, you never know, and it's always good. If you don't get to stuff, that's great. You got another day. You got another show, um, but always have more than you think you need. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Steve. We got one more question for you. Um, you, we were texting back and forth before, and you. You were like, is there anything I need to prep for? And I was like, the only thing we need is some betting advice because the boys are hurting <laughs> in the betting game. We, uh, you know, this is our third episode. None of us, only Drew, the producer, has a, has an even record and all of us else are like one in three. So uh, any advice you can help us with? And uh, yeah, just help. Please help. I would, first of all, this is a tough time to start the pod too because NFL playoffs is as hard as it gets. I think, <laughs> I think the NFL is impossible anyway. Like I just, you look at all, like, Look at all the spreads. It's either three, seven, or ten. Like yep. it feels like every game. And you know, you were you you saw those guys. I mean, it's it's not the biggest difference when you get to this level and they and, and they know what the goal is and they're they're one game away from the Super Bowl. Like you're getting every last drop of, of effort in in these games and preparation. Uh, so the NFL is a tough place to start uh, start with. I. I think the Detroit-San uh, Francisco game is going to be high scoring. Uh, I was shocked at how well Green Bay's offensive line handles uh, San Fran's def- defensive line. Like that's when I look at that matchup, I, I could see, uh, and I, I really, I think Detroit. Everybody talks about all the, you know, Golf and and um, Gibbs and St. Brown and those, like their offensive line is tremendous. Yep. Uh, so that's the that's the battle to me. But I think you just have so many playmakers. Uh, that I do expect a high-scoring game there. So I would think over maybe in the NFC uh, title game. And I, I just – it's three and a half, I think. I, it's hard for me to bet against Patrick Mahomes, man. Like, I, I, like all week I just said last week, I'm like, I know he's going on the road for the first time, but I, I'll, I'll take the points with Patrick Mahomes. So I, I, don't, I don't know. Like this Ravens defense, seeing them in person last week, that's a different – a different animal that he's faced, I think, all season because they are the best in the league. Uh, when you look at sacks, uh, points scored against, I think yardage too. 
Uh, they are a real uh, treat, but the best – I mean, it's it's a, it's a great matchup of strengths, right? The Ravens lead the league in sacks, and you can't ever get Patrick Mahomes on the ground. So what gives there is home crowd. And, you know, the weather's going to be perfect. It's not going to be cold. It's going to be like 50, uh, mid-50, so that's not going to be a factor. Uh, but I would lean towards uh, the Chiefs getting points. I, I, if I see Mahomes getting points, i got to take it. I like it. I agree. Uh, ben against Mahomes is almost like Ben against Brady in the playoffs. They, uh, yeah. They've created that kind of reputation with them. But, hey, appreciate it, dude. Uh, that's all we got for you. I appreciate you joining the show. Um, I appreciate our friendship. And, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch, man. Yeah, let me know. Uh, fire it up for you guys. It's, hey, it's an opportunity, man. Make Absolutely. the most of it and, and don't be shy. Like I said, go, go, for, the, go for the clouds and, and, and keep shooting far uh, because you never know what you could step into. And, and, and the other thing, have fun. Just have, sure. like, have fun. It's it's the most important thing uh, that I could say. And you know, the best part of what I do, I wake up and I have fun. Like I'm going to work, but I'm I'm gonna have fun that day. So you know, you guys like this, uh, keep pursuing it. And, and like I said, have fun. That's the most important thing. For sure. Appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. What a cool interview, boys. That was uh, cool. He's super busy right now. Obviously, college game day. Scott Van Pelt is a night show. We film at nighttime, so he really made sure to take time out of his day to do that so we we really appreciate that yeah super cool one thing we'll i'll be looking at at least is his bets versus ours does he go undefeated and i know me and drew went against him on the ravens game and Chiefs. so we'll have to see it's fun talking to him for sure uh like grew up watching bad beats one of my favorite segments with them so that was that was definitely a- it was cool hey next week the guest keep on coming um huge 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 ecu legend next week former Football player here. Um, we're going to ask questions that people haven't been able to ask this guy ever um, since being at ECU. So it's going to be a huge, huge week next week. We're not going. We're going to keep teasing it. We're not going to tell you who it is. Tag us. Don't at, tell him too much. Now. Yeah. Tag us at Whole Ailer Show on X. Uh, tell us who you think it is. And that was fun. Hey, before we end though, we usually, um, you know, we're going to have fun with. It. We're going to be, you know, laughing, making jokes and stuff. But on a more serious note, before we kind of end the show. Um, I was scrolling through Facebook this morning and um, we're all Christians here and I, you know, obviously we want to make a positive impact on the show and it's already doing way better and, you know, more things and more people are listening than we ever could have thought. And so we appreciate you guys. Um, But we'd be foolish to not use this platform to spread positivity and uh, yeah, to be good, to do good. Um, And I was scrolling across Facebook this morning and a family popped up and it was an ECU family and it was the dad posting, just kind of asking for prayers for their son, uh, Josiah Bridges, who is battling cystic fibrosis um, in the hospital right now. He's been he's in ICU. He's been on a ventilator. He's now off the ventilator. But Drew's going to uh, post a picture on the feed right now. It's literally him with skull and crossbones up with ECU stuff all around his room. They had a purple room. Yeah. And he just talked about the positivity um, of what ECU means to him. And he posted an ECU football Facebook page that I'm in, just kind of asking for prayers. And uh, I got a chance to talk to the dad. And, you know, he just talked about, you know, they live in San Antonio. So at once a year, they go to the closest game there. And that's the highlight of the year. Um, just talked about, you know, how much Josiah looks at ECU sports and looks up to us even. He said he's watched the show before. So um, just want to say, if, you know, we're not going to ask for money. They're not asking for money. We're just asking for prayers. We're all Christians. We want to, you know, spread you know, good. And we all believe that prayer works. So, you know, we got a lot of people watching now. It's a platform that we're very blessed and very thankful to have. So we just ask you guys to join us in prayer for Josiah Bridges and his family. And Josiah, we know you're watching, buddy. Um, Keep fighting. We're going to have you 
call into the show here soon once you get healthy and uh, keep fighting, buddy. Pirates are thinking about you. For sure. Thank you guys for listening. That's episode three. We'll see you next week.